Pulp MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hey everybody, how you doing? Thank you for joining me once again. A new week, a new episode of the one and only, exciting, RockyMountainATVMC.com. Key for Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. So easy to see why you guys should be shopping over at RMATVMC.com. RockyMountainATVMC.com. Do it. Save yourself some money. I don't have a product code for you, but they have really good prices. They have excellent shipping. I buy many things over there at Rocky Mountain. So do yourself a favor. Get over there. Shop. It's the holidays. Santa's coming. Lots of things over at Rocky Mountain. Lots of sales. So go check them out. And don't forget, there is a Kiefer Tested page. You can go see what I approve of, what parts I like over there on RockyMountainATVMC.com. You can just simply put in Kiefer Tested in the search engine bar, and my page will pop up. And if you want to buy something on that page, huh, let them know it's working. This whole thing that we're doing over here is working, so I appreciate it. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Have you checked them out? Have you got some new gear for Christmas? Have you got winterized? It's getting cold. I just spent the day out riding the lovely high desert, the wet high desert. Excellent day of riding, but got my fly racing cold weather gloves. I love them. I wear them over here in the wintertime. The wind we get here in the high des is chilly. Probably not as bad as you guys on the East Coast, but nonetheless, my pussy hands need it. And these fly racing windproof cold weather gloves are the bees knees so go check them out flyracing.com they've got all different kinds of stuff too so you guys want to go look at that new light hydrogen that i still wear even though when it's cold go check them out racetech racetech.com engine services suspension you guys want to get a deal on some stuff hit me up chris at keferinktesting.com i will put you in touch with someone over at racetech get you guys a discount get you guys freshened up on your bump sticks Maybe get your little HPs underneath you, little extra added HPs. Head work over there from Andrew at Racetech. Excellent dudes over there. Check them out, racetech.com. Any questions, hit up my email. I'm happy to help you guys. Um, Quality people over here on my podcast. As we always talk about, we are no bullshit. We're not just taking money just to take money. These advertisers are really good, and we are actually going to have a couple more next year. So I'm really looking forward to uh, introducing those people to you guys in January. But hey, we don't got a lot of them, but the people that we do have that support this podcast are quality people. So please support them if you like this podcast. It helps me, keeps this sucker up and moving. And of course, it helps you guys too. It's a trickle-down effect, right? So thank you. Last but certainly not least, ProTaper, ProTaper ProTaper.com. You want some flex, you want a strong bar, 
You want to be like me, Evo SX Race on the Yamaha, Evo SX Race on the KTM, Evo SX Race on the Kawasaki. All of my bikes here run Pro Taper bars. Why? Simply because they flex, they're not rigid, I don't get vibration, and they're strong. It's my favorite bar. There's no lie. I mean, I love Paul Parabinos. I love him. He went over to Renthal. Still with ProTaper because I believe in the product. So go check him out, ProTaper.com. So, okay, it's what? Two o'clock here on a Thursday afternoon in the high desert. Just got back from riding. Like I said, I was in New Mexico last weekend because why? I wanted to test the 2020 Husqvarna FX 450. You guys bitch and moan at me all the time. Kiefer, you don't ride enough off-road. You need to do this. You need to do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I want to know what you guys want to hear. I just don't want to make my stuff and think, ah, you know, this is great. This is what I want to hear. But maybe it's all bullshit to you. Maybe you don't like to hear it. So I've been hearing a lot about more off-road talk. I'm trying to listen. So I went out to New Mexico to my buddy's house, which has epic trails. We rode about 100 miles of single track sand hills, slick rock. Man, it's just insane. I wanted to ride something a little different than what we've always have here in my backyard. So we transferred the desert to New Mexican desert, and it was a, a really good test for me. I, it kind of opened my eyes to a lot of things, thinking I need to get off my ass and go ride in different areas, especially off-road, because I know these trails out here like the back of my hand. Um, a lot of these places out here in Southern California I've already been to, so wanted to try something new. So packed up the family, got Travis Preston aboard and his chick, and we went to New Mexico and tested the Husqvarna FX450. So this is what this podcast is about. Going to talk to you guys about the Husqvarna, give you guys the suspension settings because I did play with that quite a bit in New Mexico, tell you about the bike, and just the overall experience that I had in New Mexico and uh, hopefully guide you in the direction if you guys are on the fence of which Husqvarna to buy, because I understand it's tough to figure out if you want an FC or an FX. Now, with saying that, the FX and FC do not have that much differences in between them. The things that the FX does have, 18-inch rear wheel, 2.25-gallon tank, which was really good. We'll talk about that later in this episode. But softer shock spring, obviously different valving because it's... uh. An off-road-ish model. I like to say ish. We'll explain that. Kickstand, no green sticker, and no spark arrestor, okay? Was I running illegal? Yep. Uh, was I running a spark arrestor on private land? Uh, nope. So these are the things that you guys have to figure out at home. No, it doesn't have a spark arrestor. You probably have to get a slip-on muffler if you want a spark arrestor. No big deal. You can go to FMF. They have a slip-on. They have all different kinds. They work very well on this bike. FMF works with Husqvarna and KTM uh, directly through the R&D department, so I know that stuff is really good, and it's um, it works really well on this bike. So I didn't do that. I just ran it stock, but didn't have a green sticker, so... Here in California, it's kind of a pain in the ass with the green sticker law. I know some other states are not that tough, so maybe you guys aren't worried about it, but I at least wanted to let you guys know it is not a green stickered motorcycle. So just know that. So that leaves me. Which one do you guys want to buy? Which one should you purchase? Hey, Kiefer, I'm a 60-40 guy. Hey, Kiefer, I'm a 50-50 rider. Should I get an FC? Should I get an FX? 
here's my rule of thumb, and this is just my opinion. I like both. I ride from the house here in Asperia. I go up to the trails. I ride moto. I hit a moto track. I say I'm more of an 80-20 type of guy. I know some of you guys like to go trail ride on a Saturday and then hit the moto track on a Sunday. Now, if you are if you're riding mostly off-road and occasionally go on the moto track, I would say go the FX route. Simply because of the tank, that 18-inch rear wheel, the softer suspension, it just feels more off-roady and to me has more capability to have more comfort out on the trail than the FC. The FC feels a little bit more rigid, more precise, more performance-based. So if you are a 70-30 guy, if you're like, hey, man, I'm riding 70% off-road, but I'm still going to hit the moto track every once in a while. FX is plenty of plenty of bike for you. I think that is the best hybrid motorcycle you probably can get in the Husqvarna department. I feel like a 350 just doesn't have enough, so I'm more of a 450 guy. I'm 170 pounds. I like that. Now, if you're a 50-50 type of guy, I would try to lean you towards an FC and try to make your bike a little bit more comfortable and possibly get a tank. You can go to IMS or you can get even this FX tank, slap it on there and do it. I still prefer an FC most of the time. But if I was riding more on the side of off-road, 70-60%, I would lean towards an FX. I feel like GPs, these West Coast GPs, I still would want an FC just because I have a little bit more snap. I feel like there's more holdup. I can have a little bit more of a racy feel. But if you're not racing out there, guys, and you just want to go have a good time and trail ride and occasionally just go bro down the pits with your buddy and ride a few laps of the moto track, FX is plenty. You'll have to stiffen up that suspension a little bit because that stuff is built for trails and it is soft and we'll talk about that. But just know that you'll have to adjust your suspension going from one spectrum to the other. They're not going to be the same. Just know that. So I really wanted to get that across to you guys because I know that is the question I get a lot. Kiefer, I'm almost split down the middle between what I do, which bike should I get. It's a tough, it's a tough situation, especially when you're spending $10,000 for a motorcycle. I get it. Just know you're going to have to really weigh it out, which, which is more important for you. Like how much do you really care about riding off-road versus moto? If you are more of a moto type of guy and – you like that moto feeling, get an FC. If you're done with your racing, you're kind of over that part of your life, and you just like, hey, man, I just want to go have enjoy myself. I'm not worried about going fast and pushing it. Go the FX route because I had a great time. I was in the <laughs> – it's funny because we all went up to New Mexico, and Travis and I both were in this like mode of, hey, we're just trail riders. We're just going to go hang out, trail ride, and just fully encompass the trail rider vibe that we did all day. And that FX, uh, it was fun. It was a fun bike to ride. I didn't have a lot of break-in time on the FX. I had 0.2 hours when I picked the bike up. So just know, when you guys get your new bike, it's going to be tight. It's going to feel a little bit slow. I was kind of disappointed in the bike at first because I was riding it and it felt tight. And this is just the nature with KTM and Husqvarna bikes. It takes longer to break in. Give it some time. I would say... A quarter of the way in, maybe an hour and a half into the trail ride, 
I can really tell the bike just freed up a lot. It was freer feeling. It had a little bit more snap, and it wasn't so tight. It wasn't so lethargic. So when you got your brand new FX450 and it's tight and it feels sluggish, give that sucker two to three hours. It's going to free up. It's going to be a better machine. The suspension is going to be a lot better. Honestly, the suspension worked better at hour five. We put almost seven hours, engine hours, on this bike over the weekend. So just know the longer you spend on this FX, the better it will feel. Just give yourself some time if you're worried about that kind of stuff. Because I know I get some of you guys out there, hey, man, my bike feels like shit. I'm an hour and a half into it. Is it going to get better? Yes, it does get better. So just relax. So let's talk about this thing. Like we said, FX, FC, there is no difference in the engine. The transmission is the same. The, the whole engine itself is the FC motor. Husqvarna built this to be like more of a closed course racing GP-ish type of motorcycle with some add-on off-road features. For me, it's awesome in the desert, dude. This bike would rule. I'm going to keep this sucker for a little bit, go trail riding right up in the hills above my house. Um, like I said, we just got some rain, so I'm already chomping at the bit this weekend to go up there and ride it. Uh, the engine is deceiving, just like the FC. We talk about this on the podcast a lot. Is like how deceiving and how connected the Husqvarna feels. I went out and purchased an FC 450 Rockstar Edition because I loved the power delivery. It had a smooth character. It was easy to operate. When I got tired, it wasn't violent. It just never did anything horrible for me as far as the engine character and delivery. I like that. And I really like that out in the trail because I try to ride a gear high. You're trying to lug over some things. You're trying to go over some rocks. You want that linear, easy-to-ride engine character. Unlike the FC450, though, the engine maps didn't really feel that much different. Map 1, map 2, honestly couldn't tell that much. FC450, I could tell between map 1 and map 2, but it was really difficult for me to go back and forth, which I did a lot on the ride. And I just really couldn't decipher which map I wanted to be in. So I always left it in map one because I felt like map one and map two didn't have a lot of differences. The only differences I felt was maybe a little bit more RPM response with map two in the mid-range. But that wasn't such a good thing for me when I was trying to lug this thing up third gear in some cobby, rocky single track. I wanted a smoother power, so map one was the way I went. Again, deceiving because when we're trying to go up these huge sand hills in New Mexico, and if you guys have been in New Mexico, they don't call their sand washes sand washes. They call them arroyos. These arroyos are super tight, sandy, deep sand. They're narrower. They're longer. And then at the end of these suckers, you have these huge sand hills that you have to get up and get over to get to the next valley. And you don't have a lot of runway to get up these things, I might add. So deceiving because when you ride the FX, it doesn't feel like it has a lot of RPM response. Travis Preston brought his YZ450 FX with him, and we traded off back and forth, and I rode it. And although I do like that response from the Yamaha, I appreciated the Husqvarna more later on in the day trying to get up these hills that had no run. So I would get up, you know, at the bottom of these hills, second gear, shift to third gear immediately, and I could literally leave 
this bike in third gear and it would pull all the way up these hills without falling off and without having me shift. The YZ450FX is great in third gear. I can lug it more than the Husqvarna, but it falls off sooner going up these hills. I had to shift to fourth, and sometimes when I tried to shift going uphill in the sand, it pushed my weight back, and then I started wheeling, and it really fucked my whole um, body positioning up as I'm three-quarters of the way up the hill. The Husqvarna never did that. I could literally leave it in third gear right when I got up to the base of the hill, and I could keep that gear, and it ate all the way up, and I like that. That's deceiving power to me. Travis wrote it, and he's like, man, it's smooth. And I think he was leaning towards like, wow, it's not very exciting, so it's not really going to do anything for me uh, as far as pop over these hills or these rocks and these things. But, man, after he wrote it, he never really told me the truth. I don't think he could really tell me anyway, but I could tell he liked the engine a lot. I know he commented on how light the bike feels and how good it feels side to side, but for me... It's an easy-to-manage power. I think for all of us that are a little older, we like to trail ride. That manageable power is better in the long run for us, especially if you like to go long trail rides. And usually, I don't trail ride a lot, but when we do go, it's a long time. We go at least four to six hours. Uh, We try to cover 100 miles. And in New Mexico, it was 100 miles, but it was a long day. It was seven hours because the trails are tight. They were so fun. They winded back and forth. A lot of these trails that we rode on were like a, a long 10-mile turn track out in the desert that I used to make after these rains that we have out here. It was just a turn after turn, berms, back and forth, winding around in these canyons, and then finally dump out into some valleys. But, man, it took a long time to complete the day, and that engine character feel was just better over the long course of the day. It never really tired me out. I like that. Another point that I almost forgot about, yes, this bike will vibrate more than your Japanese off-road machine. Hopping back and forth from the Yamaha FX versus the Husqvarna FX, I noticed more vibration through the foot pegs and the handlebars. Again, it's just something that I've grown to get used to when I'm hopping on a steel frame bike that just seems to vibrate a little bit differently, a little bit more. It's not crazy. But it's just something that I've really come to notice. And every time I get someone to ride this thing, uh, they've noticed the same thing. I had a couple buddies with us from New Mexico, and I let them ride my bike and the Travis's bike. And that, without me saying anything to them, they actually commented like, yeah, I feel a little bit more vibration. So that's just something to expect. If you're worried about coming off of a Japanese bike and feeling totally foreign on a steel frame Austrian machine, or Swedish machine, um, same thing though, I would say the first thing you're going to really notice is just vibration, but you're not going to be out of sorts. You'll get used to it within a couple hours, and you'll feel fine. Um, I do appreciate the fact that Husqvarna itself, I've always felt a little bit more comfortable on a Husqvarna versus a KTM. The KTM, for some reason, I don't know if it's the shroud area or where I squeeze with my legs but I always felt a little bit more comfortable and um, in my rider triangle. I'm trying to not to jump ahead here, but the rider triangle on the Husqvarna always fit me better, and I'm 5'11", than the KTM. So I wanted to note that so you guys know out there. And uh, the engine noise, to me, there's more engine noise on the Yamaha than there is on the Husqvarna. The Husqvarna is super quiet. 
like I said, and I think that's part of the deceiving part is there's not a lot of raspy sound like there is on the YZ FX. Um, the YZ FX barks. It has that suction and it has a lot of bark. Husqvarna FX doesn't really have that, but it just pulls. It really, it's a long linear power. I would, for me, and I want to talk a little bit about gearing right now, I would go to a 49 tooth rear sprocket so I can try to run third gear more and lug it. It doesn't have the lug ability like a Yamaha does, but for me, I think a gearing change like it did on the FC really helped me. Um, 49 tooth rear sprocket has a 48 on the rear. I would try going up one. If you guys are riding a lot of tight single track, maybe even try going up to a 50. Third gear is an important gear. I speak about this all the time. Second gear is is short. Um, I would say it's longer than any other 450 off-road machine. Husqvarna and KTM have that title. But for me, I just like third gear, third gear because I can fan the clutch a little bit. I can work the clutch in that gear, and I just seem to get more forward bite and traction in that gear. So that's if you guys are out there trail riding and you're and you're thinking about this, okay? Try running the third gear and see how your RPMs are in this Husqvarna. Is it really luggy? Is it stalling? And if it is, and you're trying to run that gear and you're trying to run second and it's too, you know, winding out too quick, and you find yourself in between those gears, look into going to a different gearing ratio, 49 or 50, like I said. West Coast, I would say 49-ish. But if you are back east and you're doing some stuff, try a 50. Third gear is going to be important, especially in that slippery, rooty shit that you guys ride back there. Third gear is very important. Hey, guys and gals, commercial time. Be patient. Listen to these commercials. They're fun. They save you money. It's the holidays. You spend enough. Save some money. Listen to these commercials. Thank you. Are you an older guy? You still like to go racing like me? And you want longer motos? Go to OregonOldTimers.com. No, they just don't go to Oregon and race. They go to Arizona, Glen Helen, Mesquite, Montana, Hangtown, Washougal, even British Columbia. I'm going to hit up two or three of these suckers next year. Ride. Bring your kids. They have a support class. It's a great time. I'm going to be there. Go camping. It's a good vibe. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. If you have any questions, hit me up, Chris at Kieferink Testing, and I will help you out. See you guys there. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right there on board with the KieferinkTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven, I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, 
maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, bludlubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons, in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com. You looking to get a new hoodie for the wintertime? How about a hat? Or how about you're just going to be a good boyfriend or a husband and get your wife or chick something cool like a tank top or maybe even some socks? Go to fmfracing.com. Look cool at the track. Look cool when you go to dinner. Nothing else says I ride dirt bikes more than an FMF hat and t-shirt. Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some dough. You can look cool. Thank me later. Get best dressed awards as you walk down the sidewalk. And hey, if I see you at the track wearing your FMF swag, chances are you will win something from Kiefer Inc. testing. So do it. Go to fmfracing.com. Get yourself some swag. Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money. I will see you at the track with your FMF swag.
Hey, are you guys looking for a battery for your bike? Is it dead? Are you pushing the button and nothing happens? Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool. Firepowerparts.com. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450, and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. Protaper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips come on i am a sx race evo and fusion guy so go check them out protaper.com and if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions go to keyforinktesting.com there's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike go search around it's a fun article keyforink testing it's a great place to do it you know what else is protaper protaper.com we're back with the show. Thank you for holding tight. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting these advertisers. Here we go. Suspension time. Uh, moving on the suspension. Not a huge fan. Uh, obviously, I ride a lot of moto, and I'm used to firmer stuff. But for me, I can kind of adapt because I'm, I'm aware of off-road settings. I do a lot of off-road testing for well, – I have done a lot of off-road testing for manufacturers for a lot of years. So I kind of know where the target is when you – when these manufacturers do the suspension specs. You want a soft feeling, but for me, with this air fork, it still has that slap down harshness, and then it's just super soft. So it made the bike a little bit harder to corner because it was soft. Stock air pressure in this fork is 10.1 bar. I would go to a 10.3 bar starting point. Like I said, I checked this fork when I got home after 100 miles. I started with 10.1. I carried a fork pump with me. Uh, actually, stuffed, stuffed it in my boot. And I went to a 10.3. It's just too soft. Even right brand new, it's just too soft. You'll feel a little bit of harshness initially in the fork, and then just kind of blows through. So when I'm riding low and trying to get through these, these arroyos and the sand... It's doing a lot of ass end high and a lot of wiggle in the front because I'm so low. Bringing that fork up a little bit will kind of help balance that bike out and give you a little bit more plushness in that midstroke so you're not riding in that harsh part of the travel all the time. So I came back. When I got back to the truck, the fork was set at 10.6. Okay, so I started at 10.1, went to 10.3, so went up 0.3 bar in the course of seven hours. Just FYI. So you're going to kind of have to forecast your trail ride a little bit if you're on these air forks. That's just something you and I will have to live with and going to have to learn to do to get the most comfort out of our day. If I start too high, it's going to get mighty harsh during the end of the day. So I'm going to forecast if I'm riding seven hours, I want to start a little bit low. Start that air pressure a little bit low. It might be soft initially, but as soon as it warms up and you're starting to move around on that thing, 
It'll go up. It will go up 0.2 bar in about an hour, hour and a half. So just know that. If you're constantly riding, obviously, if you guys are stopping to bullshit, helping change a tire or a tube, you know, it'll go back down. But if you're just charging and you guys are, you know, ripping around and you guys are constantly riding and not taking a lot of breaks, that fork will heat up and it will get harsher. So just know that. Like I said, I'm 170 pounds. I found it soft. Travis also found it soft. So uh, two guys that have been around a little bit, I just think Husqvarna needs to reevaluate their suspension settings when it comes to off-road. I really don't think your target for this bike is going to be a lighter guy. I think I'm on the lighter side of this target weight for this bike. I think more 180 and up guys are going to buy this machine. That's that's what I feel like. That's what I feel like the target is for Husqvarna. So just know you're going to have to play with this thing. I went to a compression on the fork of 10 and a rebound of 11. On the sag, I went to 105 millimeters, low speed 12, high speed 1 and 3 quarters, and rebound at 11. That gave me the balance that I needed and the comfort to make me smile and have a good time through a seven-hour day. I'm not hating life because at the beginning, I was hating life. I was like, this thing is garbage. I hate this fork. And then I had to slow my roll a little bit because I get a little heated up. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, I forgot. I'm testing here. I got to experience a little bit of things. <laughs> so I uh, played with the fork, got the air pressure up, and uh, did some settings with the the shock, and it flipped me around 180. And I was way happier. I like the bike a lot better. So Mark those numbers down. If you guys didn't do that, you can go to keyforinktesting.com, and those numbers are up on the article on my site. Just look for the FX450 article, and it will be there, and you can write them down and try that setting. If you're on stock stuff, anywhere between 170 to 195, uh, Travis wrote it, and Travis is a buck 95. So I think this setting will be the most comfortable for you and your trail riding needs. Let's try to get this stuff better, Husqvarna. Let's work on that. Shit, I'll help you. I'd love to help you. It's a great bike. Let's get that suspension up just a little bit. So um, don't make the consumer out there do all the work. Uh, let's get this sucker on a, on a good base, I would like to say. And let's get this thing um, up a little bit in the front because it, it needs it. It's way too soft. Um, a little thing I want to talk to you about, too. So, chassis. Straight line stability is not as planted as a Yamaha, of course. Yamaha is heavier feeling. It feels planted going through fast, choppy trails. I get on the Husqvarna. It's lighter. It's narrower. I feel it's flickable. Side-to-side movement is better. But also, the bike does move around underneath you a little bit more than the YZ450FX. Simply put, it's weight. Weight is a good thing. In certain aspects, I feel, and this is my opinion, I feel like before Husqvarna and KTM changed their frame, the older frame, I think 2018 model, was a better frame for off-road racing. Why? The way that frame flexed and the weight, I feel like it gave it a more planted feel. And for fast, high-speed GP stuff, that's what we want. We want a planted feeling with a lot of a bite, a lot of tire contact patch. That's what I feel like is lacking a little bit in this chassis on fast, high-speed stuff. Now, fast, high-speed stuff to me is 
50 miles an hour and above. Anything below that, I don't really feel that. But if I'm going fast, third, fourth gear, clipping down a trail pretty good, flowy trails, got some whoops, got some chop, the Yamaha just feels planted. I know it's not going to flick out from underneath me. The Husqvarna just feels like there's less rubber contacted to that dirt. I like to have a wider patch feeling that gives me more confidence and I can ride faster. So this thing is built to ride in tighter things. If it's tight, this Husqvarna is, is awesome. If you're riding wide open 70 mile an hour, you're going to have to figure out a way to get this thing planted a little bit. And for me, I haven't had enough, enough time to tell you that. I'm going to try to work on that and see if I can get uh, – I'm going to add a couple nooks and crannies this thing to try to get this thing a little bit more planted for high speed. And I feel like this FX is more of a GP type of bike, so I really want to do that. Um, but I do know when I'm riding these tight trails, this tight flowy single track, this thing is awesome. It has a lot of front-end cornering bite. The, the same reason why I complain about high speed, uh, twitchiness, and tire contact patch, slower speeds and front end bite is much better. I can carve insides if it's, uh, we were riding these trails in New Mexico, and I was, you know, second or third bike back, and some of these dudes would blow out these, these little shallow berms, and I'd have to cut down underneath, and that's where the Husqvarna is really good. It does that really well. It's super easy to do. When I would switch bikes on the, on the YZ, it took a lot more thought for me to do that. And I felt like I was riding over the tops of the berms more because the bike's a little bit heavier. So you take the good with the bad. The Husqvarna is flickable. Side-to-side movement is better. High-speed stability, not as good as the YZ. So it's a, it's a whole thing here, guys. Like You got to have one or the other. And even in moto, most of the time... It is like that as well. So if you don't mind uh, doing a little bit of work or feeling feeling the bike dance underneath you a little bit, that is fine under high speed. But there's things that you can do. There's a Napner that you can, uh, you can buy. I know running bib mooses actually help the feeling of a, of, a, of a planted feeling going down the trail. I've ridden with bib mooses, and to me it makes the bike feel a little bit heavier feeling and dead which gives you a wider contact patch. There's a couple minor things you can do to really make this bike feel planted, but I just wanted to tell you guys that because another question I get is comparisons. I get a lot of comparison questions. What about the Yamaha versus the Husqvarna? So um, I'm trying to incorporate that here in this podcast so you guys can kind of get a feel of it and like you were on the trail ride with me. Ergonomically, like I said, this bike is badass. Uh as much as I dislike the wide handlebar in the moto scene, I think it's an 811 millimeter handlebar width, I don't mind it in off-road. I feel like I get a little bit more stability out of that with 811. So I did not cut the bar. The bar is a little low for me when I stand up, and obviously you're standing up a lot in off-road. So I would like to get a 5 millimeter riser on that mount and leave that flat bar. So I just did that. I went on a trail ride today. Much better. So if you can got if you guys out there can find a five millimeter spacer, which you can probably get at Ride Engineer, and he sells spacers, put that in between your mount and your clamp. That brings that mount up, so your height goes up, but let but yet you have this flat uh, bar where you can corner well when you get in these tight situations. You East Coast guys, obviously you might want to cut down the bar because you have to get in between trees. 
But West Coast dudes, I would try to leave that width and get some stability. The seat, way too aggressive. My ass, poor Heather. She had a spackle bag bomb on that son of a bitch when I got back to the hotel because it was ate up. You get any sand down your pants and the sand washes, and then you got those little gripping ass spikes on the Husqvarna seat. Whoo! Dude, I've talked about this, about the FC. Damn, dude. You got to <laughs> listen to me, Husqvarna. Think about your consumer. Yeah, I get it. FC, you don't want traction. You got aggressive dudes. Your FX rider, dude, mellow the seat out a little bit. We don't need all that grip. He's not going out of ruts and corners and accelerating like a son bitch. He's going to be more on the throttle softer. So let's soften up that, that seat slash seat cover so it's not so aggressive because it eats my ass. And I know it's a minute thing. You guys can change the change seat cover. It's not a big deal. But, dude, it is... It's bad for my ass. Like, I am not even near, near wanting to ride that thing over 50 miles. I rode 100 miles, and I still feel my butt sitting here in this studio right now. That still feels a little chafed. Not going to lie. It's been a week. Not going to lie. So let's uh, soften that seat up. Uh, Travis went on the bike. He said, man, he always felt good ergonomically on the Husqvarna, so he even mentioned that as well. I thought it was cool that... uh, when I do get off of the Husqvarna and I listen to you guys bitch and complain about how wide the Yamaha is, I can kind of feel a little bit sympathetic to you guys now. I understand it a little bit more. When I do get on the Yamaha, it does feel a little bulky and wide. I get used to it right away. But if all you do is ride this Husqvarna or a KTM, I can see how a YZ feels a little bit heavy and wide and big. Um, because, quite frankly, the Husqvarna, man, it feels almost like a bicycle compared to the larger Yamaha. And I like that. Like I said, I like that feeling in the tight stuff. But for me, man, uh, gripping with my legs is a huge thing. And I can grip with my legs really good on the steel frame. To where we talk a lot about seamless feel and where your boots catch and hook and your, your pants snag and all these things. I can really lock into a Husqvarna better than I can a KTM for whatever reason. Maybe it's the airbox the way it is, but I can lock my feet in and ride the balls of my feet much better on this Husqvarna. So I really like the ergonomics of this bike. I just want a smidge taller of a mount and then, a, not a lot, a smidge, a little bit less aggressive traction on the seat. Please, Husqvarna. Oh, please, my ass will thank you later. Please. So that's basically my first impression of an FX450. I'm going to ride this thing a little bit more. I'm going to go out on the trails. I'm going to um, probably take this thing moto in, and I really want to ride a GP on this thing. So these are the three things that I'm going to do with this bike, try to get some better settings. I'm going to put some bibs in here. I'm going to get a dampener and see how this thing reacts. Uh, I really want to try to... Uh, encompass what this bike is made for and really get some uh, little nooks and crannies added to this thing and see if we can make this thing better. As well as a spark rest or a slip-on will probably go in here. I don't think I need a full system, but uh, a slip-on will do just fine. So good times in New Mexico. If you guys haven't been in New Mexico, I went by Rio Rancho and went out towards that way. We did 100 miles, like I said. There's just so much variety out there in New Mexico. It's, it's insane. There's a lot of sand washes. 
Single track for days. Single track that's not whooped out and all beat to hell. We get a lot of single track out here, but it's not that long. We might get a few miles at a time, and then you have to ride some beat up shit and to get to the other you know, single track. New Mexico is just like endless single track that's not jacked up, and there's barely any whoops. Yeah, there was some ridges with some whoops where these quads go and things, but these arroyos, these canyons, these spines that we re-rode, we tested on, it's awesome. And then if you're a moto guy, we had a great time as well. We would pop out in these areas that had these mud humps, and for those of you guys who don't know what a mud hump is, it's like where water dries and this dirt goes over trees, so it forms these natural style jumps, and you can find just natural doubles and tables all over the place. So not only did we trail ride, but we we dicked off on these areas for 20 to 30 minutes at a time in some spots, and we just jumped some shit. That's where I noticed like the stuff's really soft on the FX. Like When I would load the suspension into a jump, it would bottom quick. So I had to be careful which jumps I hit because the suspension was so soft. I didn't want to bucket me over the bars. But, dude, New Mexico is awesome to ride in. Endless, endless amounts of land. Uh, we ran across a couple areas where some guys took a tractor and just built a natural-style motocross track. It was badass. I feel like uh, I want to go back out there when it's wet or get that tractor and go build some rebuild the stuff because it was super fun. I would love to grab a motorbike and do that. Um, I We ran across these uh, people out there with razors and just a line that as far as I could see of just UTVs driving out to the Slick Rock and people just waving, having a good time. It was it was just a really cool experience to get away from Southern California and ride somewhere different and that's not all beat to hell. So New Mexico, thank you. Those guys out there that we met, it's an awesome time. It was really cool to be out there. Um, my buddy Earl Waters, he's lived out there a long time. He's from here, but he's lived out there a long time. We actually flew a helicopter the day before and kind of scouted where we were going, so that was very cool. He's a helicopter pilot. We call him the Ryan Dungey of helicopters. He's been in my shootouts before. He's a good dude, solid guy, and uh, we took the helicopter out the day before and basically just scouted where we were going, and, and Travis has never been out there before, and I have, and he couldn't believe how much trail is out there and how much uncharted territory hasn't even been touched. So uh, that was just, we just touched the tip of the iceberg when we went, but we want to go back again, um, maybe do an off-road shootout out there. I think that would be fun, especially these FX styles. I think it would be perfect because we got some high speed, we got single track, we got tight. Uh, areas, and we got sand hills. It kind of encompasses everything that we need in a test. I like that. So um, we want to go out there again. It was fun. Thanks, Earl, for having us and flying us around. My son Aiden was a, a big uh, p-word. We we're not going to call him that, but he was. He passed out in the helicopter. He got so scared. He <laughs> he passed out in my wife's arms. I couldn't believe it. Heather has a video of it. I got to tell her to post it up on her Instagram. But he literally just passed out. We did like a dive bomb down this canyon. And he's like, oh, oh. Passed out. Done. I was like, are you serious right now? And then he woke up. And then he was fine. Like he had a good time. But he, he literally passed out. I couldn't believe it. It's It was funny actually to see it. So maybe I'll have Heather post that up. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been fun. We're going to continue to grind on this sucker right here. As 7 Deuce Deuce would say, I've been grinding. 
We're going to grind. We're going to get some more settings. We'll post them up to keyforingtesting.com. And of course, as always, please support the advertisers that support this podcast. There's not that many, but they're quality people. They do good work. I purchase products from them. It's funny, I went and saw Bob Weber from 6D the other day, and and I said, you know what? I, I bought four helmets from you this year, even though they gave me a few helmets, right? And they support this podcast. I still wouldn't purchase them for my kid, for my wife, because they're good stuff. That's why I took these advertisers that are on this show. I just want to really drive that home, always drive that home, because you guys only knew the stuff that I turned down out there. Um, and maybe one day when I'm done with all this this dirt bike shit, I'm going to have a podcast, one final hurrah, and we'll just talk about everything. We'll talk about everything that I've turned down. We'll talk about the companies that came to me and their their products were pieces of shit, and I wouldn't take the money. So um, maybe one day we'll do that. But the people that are on this podcast are good people, so support them. And thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. If you have any questions, chris at keyforinktesting.com. If you're a basement husband, if you are ugly with a hot wife, hit up heather at keyforinktesting.com. We have, I think, a dozen basement husband t-shirts left, 30 bucks. Going to get those out there. Be proud. I'm ugly. Had to be funny, though, to pull Heather, but be proud. Basement husbands unite. It's going to be awesome. Every Wednesday at 6. See you guys there. And uh, thanks to Husqvarna uh, for giving me this bike and trusting me to go to New Mexico with it. And hopefully it wasn't going to get jacked. Ivan Tedesco, gnarly. I walked the streets of Ivan Tedesco, where he grew up, hard. That son of a bitch was hard. Gio and Ivan Tedesco, I walked the streets. Mean streets of Albuquerque and Rio Rancho, the home of Jason Anderson. Whew, gnarly, gnarly streets streets gotta eat out there and holy shit they do so uh thanks for listening this has been the rocky mountain key for tested podcast we hope you had a good time that's what we're about i listen to other podcasts the other day it's boring super boring it's like hey so uh this is what we did how do you feel about that i'm like dude i can't listen to it it's it's making me snore so hopefully my voice doesn't make you go to sleep hopefully it's not that annoying so Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Two podcasts next week. I'm not going to say. I'm going to surprise you guys. Two podcasts next week. Thanksgiving week. It's time to eat. Time to celebrate. It's time for football. Ooh, and time to go trail riding. It's supposed to rain. So hopefully you guys have a good holiday. Thank you for listening. Be good to each other. Ride hard. Stay safe. Keep it on two.